Do you two uh, believe in ghosts? I don't. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> this has been better no parsnips. I'm gonna go fuck myself. <laughs> Wait, Seth, this is a real episode. You're gonna have to bleep that. This, this has been better no parsnips. I'm gonna go. Kyle, you believe in ghosts? <laughs> I like. I like. Uh, I believe in ghosts in the same way that I believe in Santa Claus. Oh, <laughs> you just yeah. like the idea that they're there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I believe that th- I know that they're not real, but like, I'd like to just believe that they're real. You yeah. Know? But like, if Tom Hanks showed up at your door with a train, you'd believe for that. I mean, he's a Santa Claus ghost. So, I mean, I'd believe in both things at that point. <laughs> he's a Santa Claus ghost. Kyle's never seen the Polar Express. Is that what the, <laughs> well, I mean, Tom Hanks plays Santa Claus is and that, a ghost in that that's movie. That's the so. Polter Express. <laughs> yeah, the Polter <laughs> Express. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Your hosts, Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator, take you on an adventure to the weird, worrisome, woeful, and always wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, evil bits, and general horror abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. I'm the spooky Seth Glicksman, here with the eerie Emily Moyers. Hello. And the creepy Kyle Imperator. Uh, Hi, fellas. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Just just move past it. Uh, Just move past it. Well, my... Let me just descend into horror again for a quick second. Do you two feel that? Oh! That lurking fear. That creeping horror. That festering terror. It seems that Halloween is upon us once more. And so naturally, I have been deep in my esoteric studies of that most malevolent of the cursed chronicles. The Lexiconicon! But whoa, I have terrible news for the both of you. You see, I was working in the lab late one night (laughs) when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. Oh, it's a rhyme. Somewhere between a chapter titled Why Only Sometimes Why and another titled Words That Rhyme With Spatula, I found what appeared to be a scroll of spells. I don't care about the scroll. What words rhyme with spatula? I wasn't reading that chapter. I found this between those two chapters, Kyle. <laughs> I know, you, but that's listen. the chapter I care when about. I talk, when I talk to you, do you listen to me? I'm sitting here in my dungeon all day, all day, by the way, really calculating how I'm going to come into the one time a year I get to talk to you guys. <laughs> And I you're know, not even you're right. to me. I know we let you out of your cage again, and I'm I'm being so rude. I'm sorry. So you found a book I'm sorry, of spells. Tell us about this. I found or a book scroll, of, a scroll of I, spells. Whatever. Scroll. Yeah, I, I agree. Listen. I agree. You know, here we can here we can lose the semantics. <laughs> um, 
and and I was doing that sort of thing that people do in movies when they when they can't they don't want to make the audience read, so they say the thing out loud. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, they get yeah. a letter and they read the letter out loud, and it's just like, yeah, yeah. or like when saying. you're on the phone and you repeat everything the other one says. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's not how a real conversation happens. Yeah. Yes. Well, I did that, but I accidentally spoke one of the spells <gasps> into existence. Oh. Yeah, Seth, you wow. fool. I know. I know. I. I shouldn't be trusted with this book and no it is crazy that we keep you in a dungeon but we leave the most dangerous tome we have in your possession at all times you know i i will be the first to admit we did not democratically choose that (laughs) i did steal away with the book when you two weren't looking it's more like we can't get it away from you (laughs) yeah yeah it's sort of a golem situation yeah (laughs) no but the thing is is once i uttered the weird words Spirits sprung from the lexiconicon. Oh my. I tried to close the book to stop it, I swear, but I couldn't. And now they're all here among us. And it's up to us to get them back into the wordy grimoire. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so, all right. Um, I, Emily, I got I can tell cleaner. by your stammering you're up to the task. <laughs> <laughs> Does this not scream preparedness? (laughs) Now I have to warn you both. These aren't your ordinary spirits. Oh no. These are ghost words. (gasps) Are you two at all familiar with ghost words? No, this is I an feel actual like term. I've heard the term, but I've never looked up. Of course, it's an actual term. Looked up. <laughs> it came from the Lexiconicon, Kyle. Oh, God, I'm sorry. The Lexiconicon only speaks truths. <laughs> <laughs> so you two have never encountered ghost words. I mean, we I may mean, have encountered them, but yeah, not knowingly. Naturally. Oh. I, I assume they lurk around every corner. Every corner, hiding in plain sight, because ghost words are words that appear in dictionaries but have no real existence in language. They're the result of errors, misinterpretations, or misunderstandings, included in dictionaries due to mistakes made by lexicographers or typographical errors in printed materials. They are the Lexiconicon's bastards. Ah, the best. I can feel them now, you two. They're in the room with us. Oh. The ghost words are all around us now. Their power is growing stronger. And if we give them any more time, it's possible they could become a neologism. Are you both ready? Are you both ready for our ghost-busting adventure? Oh my uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, please. The lexiconicon has chosen me to be your medium. <laughs> oh. It reveals to us a clue. It says, among two real words, a fake one shall play. Speak the false name, and it fades away. (gasps) They're here. Kyle, ask them to show themselves in the way that we all mutually understand (laughs) is the way to call spirits into action. Yes, uh, I'll I'll say the words now. (laughs) Hey, you guys. (laughs) (gasps) That's it, Kyle. That's it. And they're appearing before your eyes. (gasps) Oh, Abacot. Abacost. Abonet. So we've got to figure out which one is false. Which one is the ghost word? Oh my goodness. Wait, two of these are real words? (laughs) Two of these are real words, which is crazy. I feel like... 
I can only hold on to the ghost realm so long. No, 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 no. Tell, tell them to give you a minute, all right? Okay. <laughs> Just hang on. They're guessing. <laughs> really kind. My gut says abacot. See, my gut says that abacot's a real word. I See, I was thinking abacost. Would you like a definition of each? Oh, yes, absolutely. An abacot, A-B-A-C-O-T, is a cap of state wrought up into the shape of two crowns. An abacost, A-B-A-C-O-S-T, is a short or long-sleeved button-up jacket worn without a shirt. And an abanet, A-B-A-N-E-T, is the girdle of a Jewish priest or officer. I mean, abanet looks, um, I could see that being a Hebrew word. You know? Sure. I'll go with you, Kyle. I'll say Abacost if you still have faith in that one. Let's go with Abacost, and I'll take the L if I'm wrong. <laughs> <gasps> oh, 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 the, the roof is falling in. <laughs> That's not the right word. It's not the spirit. Unfortunately, the ghost. Would you like to try? Abacot? Is Abacot. Oh my god. Abacot initially appeared in the 1587 Hollinshed's Chronicles, which carried over to Spellman's Glossarium in 1664, and then wound up in just about every major dictionary after that. That is until nearly 300 years after the fact, our precious wizard of words, James Murray, decided to omit the word from his Oxford Dictionary. He managed to suss out that the word had actually been a misprint of the word bicoquette, which was a type of medieval cap originally worn by Western European nobility and royalty. In his note regarding the willingness of the philologists before him to ascribe false etymologies to Abacot, Murray quoted Prince Lucien Bonaparte, younger brother to Napoleon, when he stated that the corrupter of language are the literary men who write it not as it is, but according to their notions of what it ought to be. I'm sorry, and the real word... Was by coquette? Yes. Such a different word. (laughs) Yes, it went through multiple misspellings through its life, and it just eventually got to abacot, which was so far and away from the original word and (laughs) completely unaccounted for etymologically. I guess they didn't have Google Ngram back then, so it's harder to find it. I think they had a really primitive form of it, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A guy whose name was first initial N, Graham, that's like, (laughs) I think I read that word in a hundred books. (laughs) Just guessing. (laughs) But I'm, I'm afraid the lexiconicon is shaking with fervor. It says, guess it right, proceed with your jaunt. Guess it wrong, it comes back to haunt. Unfortunately, the spirits repel us. Missing that first word leads us to an impasse. The spirits don't reveal themselves easily to the feeble. More words are appearing. A commonality across the words, even the ghost word is included. Without an abacot, abacost, and abanet, you'd be considered denuded. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> they're all they're all garments. You got it, Emily. I oh. can tell. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Really jumping to the occasion instead of sitting there asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> I didn't know what I was supposed to do. The ghost didn't leave a manual. Ah, uh, but didn't it? Don't we have a manual, a Bible in the lexicon? <laughs> <laughs> 
Exceptional. We vanquished one and back to the lexiconiconicos, but still more await. Look now, the lights, they're flickering. More are on the way. Kyle, do it again. Yes. Call them. Uh, 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 Deo. Me say de, me say de, me say de. It's just going to be film references, folks. <laughs> That's that's what you can buckle up for here. It's eighties, just really spooky films, yep. semi spooky comedy yep. films, and you now have to stick to that, Kyle. The words are appearing. No problem. Busyness spelled with a Y. Knives spelled the normal way. Morse spelled like Robert or code. It seems the lexiconicon isn't giving us a definition for these. Oh, no. Well, but one of them is a ghost word. I'm tempted to say busyness because as far as I thought, busyness is spelled B-U-S-I, but that is B-U-S-Y. But maybe it is spelled like that. They, 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 there's been a million spell. You remember there was a time where people yeah, didn't spell. Yeah, yeah I, you remember? I was there you in there. 1580. <laughs> that was the last time anyone couldn't spell. <laughs> I forget that. I forget how far we've come. Come on. You're just bored Guys, with it nowadays. You forget. 1581. Everyone was born literate. Like a yeah. switch. Like it just, yeah. the year turned and it was like, let's stop doing that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to defer to you, Emily, but I'm going to give you my input before I do that. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Morse sounds wrong. I don't know. It sounds like a joke. Like it sounds like a, like a, um, like a, like a monkey horse is a Morse. I'm very curious about Kyle's impression of anything right now. So, I mean, I don't know if I agree with everything Kyle just said, but I was also leaning towards Morse. I mean, it can't be knives, right? Like that—that's just a word. I let's say Morse, Kyle. It seems we're okay. agreed. Do you want to say it together? It's going to be so difficult in this medium. Yep. Perfect. Three, two, one. Morse. Hey. Really terrific job, you two. I can tell that the spirits heard you both say it at the same time, and you got it right. And Morse vanishes into the ether. Oh. You may recall in a recent episode, Walter Scott. <gasps> so Walter I remember Scott. him. He came up in Humdudgeon. He yeah. was that friendly, eternally damp man. <laughs> Alongside rheumatism damp. and being wet, he boasted another <laughs> accolade, that of the ghost word Morse. In his novel, The Monastery, a passage read, Dost thou so soon Morse thoughts of slaughter? Any guesses as to what that means? Is it supposed to be morose? Etymologists of the disdainful ilk that Murray decried earlier were quick to justify the word, claiming it either came from the old French amorce, which meant powder for the touch hole of a musket, which requires priming, and so the speaker was priming thoughts of slaughter, or it came from the Latin mordere, meaning to bite, that is, gnawing thoughts of slaughter. Hmm. However, the original manuscript for the book would later reveal that Scott had put the word nurse there. He was nursing wow. thoughts of slaughter. Oh, that yeah. That makes, makes way more a sense. A lot of sense. <laughs> a lot simpler. 
Apparently, although the text is fairly unclear about who this is, the individual who proposed the Latin derivation justified himself by stating that the word as a misprint should have been printed and read by millions for 50 years without being challenged and altered exceeds the bounds of probability. (laughs) I mean, he's not wrong, but that's... That's how probability works, man. Would you two like to know the relationship between the other two words I gave you? Yeah, no. Can you can you pretend like the go- we didn't kill the ghost so we could hear the, the <laughs> spooky spell? Oh, sure. Yeah, hold on. Let me. Hey, uh, they're just looking for a mulligan on getting it right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Lexiconicon says that's cool. <laughs> cool. Um, right. The riddle it reveals is. Not ghost words themselves, though you may consider them dangerously close. These other words I gave you have played sort of bungling spiritual hosts. If you can say ghost words have etymology, these words have something to boast. Are they words that are other words but have gained other meanings through mistranslations? Oh, you, you're... you're Oh, you probably overcomplexified because okay. you're very close. You're very close. I can tell that I on the lexiconicon is winking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are they just are they words that just have been mistranslated and have other meanings because of that? I mean, that's basically what I just said. So, so they are words that gave way to ghost words. Oh, yeah. So for knives in the Edinburgh Review of 1808, there is a quote that read, the Hindus have some very savage customs. Some swing on hooks, some run kimes through their hands. And it turned out that kimes was just a misspelling of knives, but later was like given the definition that that knives has. And then for busyness, a business is actually a group name for ferrets. (gasps) Oh, a business of ferrets. However, at one point, there was a typographical error that changed busyness to busyness, and then busyness to fezines, and then fezines to fezning, and then fezning to faming, spelled F-E-A-M-Y-N-G. And so for a long time, (laughs) F-E-A-M-Y-N-G. And so for a long time, a... A group of ferrets was called a faming criminal. <laughs> I mean, I think that's fun. It is just because of, of the alliterative nature of that. Well, listen, not only did you reveal the ghost word, but you also chose to do the riddle after the ghost word, too. So the, the everyone here is really just hyped about you two and what you're doing here. <laughs> We've Aww, doubly vanquished thanks, this ghost. Uh, there are more spirits about. They linger in the darkest corners of every room. Ah, Kyle, I need your skills. I need you to call them forth. I can sense them. They want to come out. Okay. Um, uh, I gotta come up with a good (laughs) one now. You got it. Come on, Kyle. Just as you Um, have before. Traguna, McCoides, Tracorum Satis D. Look at that. Dorcopsis. Kyle, you gotta keep going, otherwise they're not gonna give you more words. Oh, Traguna, McCoides, Tracorum, Satis, D. Dord is this word. Oh man, Kyle, I think one more will do it. Uh, Traguna, McCoides, Tracorum, Satis, D. <laughs> and 
Dore. <laughs> so the words are Dorcopsis, D-O-R-C-O-P-S-I-S, and Dord, D-O-R-D, and Dore, D-O-R-E with an accent. Seth, you ever think about working for Password? Uh, you know, I actually, I auditioned and they said, they said, uh, not authoritative enough, a little too giggly. <laughs> we can sense your weakness. <laughs> You're going to reveal the password to the wrong person, aren't you? <laughs> Dorcopsis is fantastic and I demand that it be a real word, so... That can't be it. <laughs> <laughs> the Lexiconicon laughs. I feel like I've heard Dord before. Well, it's because that's what people shout at you when you walk by. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you freaking Dord. I'm like, good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> and then they go, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not quite capturing the emotion of that 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 gasp. What is that? What is that response? Um, is it like awe or disgust? I think I think they're even more disgusted than they hoped to be. Oh, you t- oh, it's like an elephant man situation. <laughs> yeah. Um well maybe I know Dord because it's a ghost word. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm all about ghost ghost words. I knew the last two, didn't I? Me and ghost words, we're best buds. I visit the word afterlife. I feel like Dore seems like something that a highfalutin lexicographer would put in <laughs> with very little backing. Dore is my cologne. <laughs> <laughs> Dore. <laughs> yeah, I could buy both of those statements. <laughs> Great. We're all really open to options. <laughs> I'm going to guess Dore. Yeah, let's go with Dore. <sighs> ah! They've cut me. They've oh, they got me. Ah! Oh. The spirits cut me. They just wow. they just slashed me. Wow. The the wow. most boy. Yeah, they just sort of ran away with it. Our guesses have Did they take um, your wallet? Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. They did. Now, what's a ghost going to do with a wallet? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the answer, as as they spelled out in the gash in my arm. <laughs> the true ghost word, if you would, still remains. Is it Dord? And the sky has opened up. Dord, yes, is oh. a false word. Dorcopsis is a genus of marsupial. Dore is a semi-pure alloy of gold and silver. And Dord, oh. well, I'll tell you what Dord is. This was a dictionary error originating at G&C Merriam Company, now Merriam-Webster, in the second edition of the New International Dictionary in 1934. It was originally defined as an abbreviation for density. In 1931, the chemistry editor for the dictionary, Austin M. Patterson, was intending to add to the list of words abbreviated by the letter D. However, he attempted to be thorough when he wrote that the abbreviation could be capital or lowercase. That is, D or D. 
Oh my oh god. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> apparently at the time it was common for headwords, that is words that start an entry in a dictionary, to have spaced out letters. So when the original note was lost, a new slip with D or D was forwarded along to printers and went without notice by the proofreaders. It would stay in the dictionary for five years before someone realized it lacked any etymology whatsoever in 1939. And an effort was made to remove the word. It did manage to stick around well into the 1940s however. Philip Babcock Gove, an editor for Merriam-Webster who's responsible for our knowledge of how this all came to be, actually mourned the loss of the word, stating (laughs) it was probably too bad for why shouldn't dord mean density? And I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are reasons, but I think, you know, there are reasons to keep it because sometimes, you know, I feel like things have a lot of dord, you know? (laughs) Do you feel that way? Or are you just putting on airs? I'm not putting on airs. I am the dordliest. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely true. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with you there for a second. <laughs> Truer words never spoken. <laughs> I am the dordliest. Finished. Unfortunately, the spirits repel us. Missing that first word leads us to yet another impasse. More of these weird words are appearing in the ether. They say, Those real words that fooled you have something they share. It's not what they mean, but it could be where. Dord has apocryphal beginnings, but the beginnings are key. D-O-R is important for where Dord wasn't in 33. Oh, were these words directly next to each other in a dictionary where George was not? Emily! <gasps> oh my god! <gasps> wow. wow. I just want to tell you the spirits right now are like freaking out. They are freaking <laughs> out. <laughs> yes, so so Dorcopsis and Dore were both in the dictionary above and below Dord when the dictionary was released. And when Dord was eventually removed, they actually just expanded the definition of Dore in order to make sure they didn't have to change the formatting of the whole page. So oh, funny. to make it take up more lines? Uh, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think I meant it when I wrote this. We're really getting the hang of this. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you meant it when you wrote it. <laughs> but that last one was pretty tough. And the one before that, a word like Morse, had me thinking we could have been dealing with some of the strongest kinds of ghost words. The kind that stuck. Oh, did it just get colder in here? I feel a chill down my spine. Something strange. The lexiconicon. Words are appearing on the page. They read, In shadows deep where secrets reside, one word is real, the others misguide. Guess with care as the darkness unfurls, for a penalty awaits in this cryptic world. Oh no. Look, there. Above the crackling fireplace, which has been here the whole time. More <laughs> words, Kyle! Conjure them! Conjure them. Uh, bu- bubble, bubble, boil and trouble. I forget Close. how that goes. <laughs> really running out here, folks. He's really running out. But I Wait, what? what he got what one word. Say, <laughs> one word appeared. Oh, I got a word. Oh, syllabus. 
uh, uh, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Oh my goodness! Tweed. Hey, that was something really good. You too. <laughs> something wicked this way comes. <gasps> Funk. Wow. This if is... funk isn't real, my whole life is. If funk isn't real, <laughs> honestly, if funk I don't want to live. I don't want to be here, man. <laughs> we got, we gotta have that. Funk. We want the funk. <laughs> gotta have that funk. <laughs> funk. <laughs> Play that funky music, white boy. <laughs> Wow, the spirits have certainly given you a a, a <laughs> tricky triplicate here. Yeah. Would you would you like definitions for these words? It seems the lexiconicon is being fairly um, giving. I mean, I think we know them, but I think for the audience, I think it's only fair. A syllabus is an outline of the subjects in a course of study or teaching. Tweed is a rough-surfaced woolen cloth, typically of mixed flecked colors, and funk is a genre of music based on elements of blues and soul and having a strong rhythm. Uh, and mind you, one word is a real word and the others misguide. Two are ghost words that became words? Spirits, answer me! Uh, they're <laughs> quiet. They're completely silent. You could... Wow. I wish they were always like this. Am I right? <laughs> God. It's like they're different when the babysitter has them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Emily, are you are you reading what he said the same way I am, or do you think two of these are ghost words that became that became real, real and only one of them has a legit etymology? I mean, if that's the case, then syllabus has to be the legit etymology, right? Yeah. What is the breakdown? Well, Emily's disgusted by this well, idea. Rem- <laughs> remember when we were talking about ABCDeries, A syllabary is like was like a list of syllables sure so it's got an etymology there yeah i feel like it's not that it's definitely based in greek you know all right i'll go with you kyle i trust you are are we guessing the real one or the fake ones i guess it doesn't matter you need to speak the names of the ghosts oh okay ready you say one i'll say the other oh okay yes three two one (laughs) tweed (laughs) wow sensationally bad it seems like everybody <laughs> here is pretty upset you didn't get it uh which means uh, of course you can speak the name of the ghost word you didn't get syllabus 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 and tweed and now let me tell you their cursed stories <laughs> while these are officially words they are that of especially cursed nature, the kind of ghost words that became real words. Neither have any legitimate etymology beyond being the long-lasting mistakes they've proven to be. Tweed comes from a misinterpretation of a London merchant, James Locke, when he received a letter from a mill remarking on some tweels. Tweel was Scots for twill, which is that twilled pattern you see in tweed. But Locke, Being the forward-thinking guy he was, figured Tweed must be the trade name for this type of fabric, stemming from the River Tweed, which runs through a Scottish textile area. Wow. Yeah. He just, he said, this this guy must know more than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I like, yeah, because it's like, it's like there's an arrogance in thinking like, oh, I bet I 
I can figure this out. But there is also a humility in like, oh, I bet he just knows a word that yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm just, I'm a real bozo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he showed up to the next meeting and was like, what are we going to do with all our tweed? And everyone was like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> I guess he knows a word that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then they all went in on Tweed. That's how Tweed became so popular. <laughs> yeah, we all wear Tweed only, only at this point. Only. <laughs> <laughs> and for syllabus, we go back even further to a good friend of the podcast, Cicero. In his letters to Atticus, Cicero first records the word citibas, S-I-T-T-Y-B-A-S. That's the English of the Greek, obviously which is a strip of parchment attached to a roll or book bearing the title and author's name. However, that Greek word was later misread as syllabos, S-Y-L-L-A-B-O-S, which is not a real Greek word, but it was given meaning due to its similarity to the Greek syllambano, or Kyle, like you said, what was it? Syllambari? Syllabary. Syllabary, um, meaning bringing together. The syllambano means bring together. And yeah. it just stuck. They just said, that that, that works. It works. <laughs> we, works we, for we, me. <laughs> Wait, so the word was originally what? Sitimbano? Sitibas. Uh, City bus. So really, it should be city bus. Wow. That's just <laughs> yeah. a bus. <laughs> yes, it should be a city bus. It should be yeah. a city bus. Just remember that the next time you use public transit. <laughs> wow. Guys, they're really sensing how strong you are. And it's really, honestly, it's tear jerking. But oh. there's still a fight to go. Wow. Because, oh, God. The <gasps> walls. The walls are they're dripping black with ink. Oozing oh. green slime. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, I'm yeah. going to need you to call upon them. Okay, I got it. Mama say, mama sa, mama kusa. <laughs> That's it. I can tell that they enjoy that. <gasps> Esquivalience. <laughs> Don't stop, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, rah, rah. Ooh, ah, la, la. I can't remember how it goes. Don't stop, no matter how much our audience is begging you to. <laughs> you, whoa. You trophicate. Um, Kyle, uh, <laughs> ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. There it is. <laughs> and Mount Weasel. Capital M, Mount Weasel. Ah, <laughs> uh, here we are. Some of the toughest strongest spirits the lexiconicon <laughs> has to offer i will grant you definitions of these please okay esquivalience is a deliberate shirking of one's official duties eutrificate or probably eutrophicate okay is to make a body of water rich with nutrients oh mount weasel is an eponymous word meaning a falsehood Ooh, I mean, I like that because that means that we get to hear about a guy named Mount Weasel in a minute. <laughs> or a mountain named Weasel. <laughs> mountain named Weasel. <laughs> Eutrophicate, I could believe is a real etymology yeah, because the U is like, like good, good things. Good things come to you. Good things come to you. Wait. Good, good <laughs> trough Your good things come to you, trophicate. <laughs> <laughs> wow, love that. 
Esquivalience. What does that one mean again? Something about a, a deliberate shirking of one's official duties. Oh, I mean that, that also sounds, sounds like it could real, be real, right? Yeah. I feel like Mount Weasel's the fake one, but also real for some reason. <laughs> you ever get that way? <laughs> it's like I hate you, but like I love you, <laughs> Emily. I what? What are your thoughts? Now I'm starting to doubt you trafficate because it feels too real. No, because esquivalence feels more real. Well, I are, are are two of them fake again? Two of them are fake again. Oh, oh! I can go for that. There's only that, one Emily. real one. There's only one real word. <sighs> I can go for eutrophicate, eutrophicate, and Mount Weasel. But or I don't Mount, want Mount, Mount Weasel, Weasel to be false. All right. Well, I mean, it's still going to be a real word. It just has a bad etymology. All right. A cursed etymology. Cursed yeah. Etymology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Ready? Same time again. <laughs> Okay, That's always yeah. an effective way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Eutrophicate. Eutrophicate. <laughs> and Mott Weasel and also. And Weasel also. <sighs> For shame. Uh-oh. The spirits, spirits are, are disappointed kill once again. It seems. It seems they are really <laughs> gearing up. I don't know Good where they got all these knives. They're real <laughs> knives that they have. It's because we got the knives question wrong before. <laughs> yeah. Somehow they've got more of your wallets too. <laughs> <laughs> so, would you like to change your answer to reveal the other ghost word? Esquivalence uh, and yeah, eutrophicate. Ah! Oh, crap. <laughs> I'm bloody. <laughs> I'm covered in blood and right, Nickelodeon Kyle, say slime. The right... <laughs> oh. All right, Kyle, you say the right answer. Okay, Mount Weasel, Esquivalence. Es- you got it. Esquivalience and Mount Weasel are both ghost words. Now, let me tell you their stories. <gasps> It may be easy to write both of these ghost words off as overly complex gobbledygook, but what if I told you that these ghost words are not those which came from some long-overlooked mistake, but rather each has a very intentional existence, as though summoned. These are what are called fictitious entries, and both operate as copyright traps. What? Might either of you be familiar with this idea? Uh, no. I mean, I could take a stab at it, but I don't. I feel like I might miss and stab you again. So <laughs> I, I am covered in lesions. <laughs> it is like death by a thousand cuts over there. <laughs> and it's not like paper cuts. It's huge cuts. <laughs> so esquivalence was coined in two thousand one. Oh. Where else but in the New Oxford American Dictionary? It was defined in that dictionary as deliberate shirking of one's official duties. However, you'd be hard-pressed to find it in any other dictionary. And that is the point. Invented by an editor of that dictionary, Christine Lindbergh, the intention of the word was to prevent other dictionaries from stealing their work, specifically in light of their then-recent CD-ROM edition. If the word would show up in another dictionary, it meant that that dictionary was just looking at the new Oxford American Dictionary. And it was effective because Dictionary.com wound up including esquivalence 
and then having to remove it because they had just taken it directly from the, the new Oxford. Now, Mount Weasel is the same thing, save for a tad more exciting backstory. Mount Weasel was coined by writer Henry Alford in a false biographical entry in the 1975 New Columbia Encyclopedia. He tells the story of a Miss Lillian Virginia Mountweasel, a fountain designer and photographer who would wind up in a fatal explosion while on assignment for Combustibles magazine. That surname would later just become synonymous with fictitious entries. Wow. It was yeah. like self-describing. <laughs> yeah, because if you look at if the definition of both of them, if you look at Esquivalian's uh, shirking of one's responsibilities. Oh, yeah. It it's sort of points at Ah, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Wow. It's like when they put like pirating things in, in video games so you can't ROM hack them. It's you can't a, emulate it's them. It's exactly like that. Uh, and, and those aren't the only industries that do it. Cartographers also have their own version of this called trap streets or paper towns where they just throw in a made up town or a street to catch plagiarizing map makers. Yeah. I mean, so I feel like that's John worse because... Is. That's really just also going to confuse people who are oh, trying yeah. to follow a map. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there there is an ongoing fund now to pay for the lost lives that have just traveled into the middle of nowhere expecting to go to their Airbnb, which was listed <laughs> in Mount Weasel, Virginia. <laughs> Wait, Emily, you brought something up. Did you say something about a John Green book? Yes, the John Green book Paper Towns is called that because he talks about paper towns in the book. Yes. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that, yeah that, I read absolutely. that one. Unfortunately, you guys didn't get this one right off the bat. Yeah, which means we've cursed ourselves. You've cursed yourselves we've cursed once Seth, again. Really. And it's a shame because you're really going to have to reach into your memories. You hear these words and think, that's where my mind goes. And that's just naturally how all these words arose. The words that weren't ghostly have something else they're hiding. Burgling, begging, and buttling are all coinciding. Stealing. These are all back-formed words, <gasps> meaning they came from nouns, and then people thought, well, these Wait. nouns must have verbs, so you, they made them up. <laughs> you absolutely got it, Emily. Yeah. Eutrophicate and funk are both back-formations of eutrophication and funky, respectively. I, I Just a side note, I did discover that funky... Fun fact has a deeply racist etymology. Oh no, no. Yeah, that we'll makes to that, sense. Oh, that. bad. Eutrophicate too is is pretty racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cultural stuff going on with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow, you guys, we've nearly gotten all of them. Oh, nearly. Nearly. The lexiconicon seems to be resuming its original weight, full with the spirits of these damned words. Hmm. But look now, the ground trembles. They're close. They know how close we are. And we look to the lexiconicon once more for our final clue. Kyle, I ask that you summon oh, these spirits one <laughs> last time. Another thing. Um, Do some, uh, uh, like, Rocky Horror, maybe? Yeah, yeah I've yeah, seen that right movie. Just right off the top of the dome, buddy. Um, uh, uh, -huh. uh, uh, space! Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at I'm looking at the lexiconicon. It says yeah, it's gonna it's gonna let that one it's gonna let that one fly. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And the words appear. 
Oh, Jesus no. Christ. This phantom nation perseverates in your phantasmagoric tale, but one word bivouacs behind the numinous veil. Alack, there is a sui generis word left to descry, and it sits contumaciously right before one's eye. This, this phantom nation, this ghostifying <laughs> is, is all in our ghostly tale. But one word does something behind some <laughs> sort of so numinous. I don't is know like numinous. Numa, numa, yay. Yeah, you got a it. lack. <laughs> there is a sweet, generous word left to describe. I mean, describe is like to to to, to espy. <laughs> yeah, and it sits contumaciously right before one's eye. So is it like a word a hidden? Sweet, generous word. Oh, there's a hidden word here. Is it hidden? Or is it right before one's eye? Well, like hidden in plain sight. So we just got to pick one of these as a ghost word? Is that just it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Literally any of these could be a ghost word. (laughs) Truly. I don't know. Phantom Nation... Sounds made up, but so does. Well, that's the thing. It's like a lot of these are like are words that could be shorter. Like you could say, like this phantom perseveres, but it's this phantom nation perseverates. Well, like, I think phantom nation is like Asian, as in like the making of something. You know, sure. I don't even know. These all sound like they could be fake. I think we just got to pick one, Emily. Yeah. Ready? Let's say it at the same time because yep. we both have the same one yep, picked yep, yep, in yep, our yep. heads. Ready? Ready? Yeah. Three. One. Yeah. Two. Two one. one. Bivouac. Bivouac. <laughs> oh yes, Kabivouac. <laughs> oh no, something's wrong. No oh, God. Words are appearing in the pages of the Lexiconicon now. It says there were no second chances in this, your final test. That's The fair. ghost words are resurrected and never again put to rest. Oh, Emily and Kyle, your <laughs> failed attempt has damned us all to word hell. We gotta the re-record this, this whole episode. This the ghost impossible. realm and the mortal realm are forever intertwined. The word was <laughs> phantom nation. Defined I was gonna say that. In the OED as an appearance of a phantom, illusion. This ghostly ghost word extends from a quote from the Odyssey which read the phantom p-h-a-n-t-o-m-e hyphen n-a-t-i-o-n-s phantom nations of the dead a seeming metaphor however when philologist richard paul jordrell included it in his 1820 philology of the english language he missed the hyphens and defined phantom nation as a multitude of specters you son of a bitch you moved the letters but you left the hyphens didn't you (laughs) you son of a bitch you left the hyphens and you only moved the letters you only moved the letters (laughs) Lexicographers after that were keen to keep this error going at least until 1864. And now we're all damned to live in a phantom nation of our own. (laughs) Don't you two have anything to say for yourselves? (laughs) Uh, I saw we, I just doordly (laughs) 
at the fearless disregard he has for the mortal realm. Alas, another adventure into the Lexiconicon has brought us all an ill fate, and I, Seth, am forced to live in this sinister spell forever, forever living this horror, and sometimes celebrating Christmas like last year. <laughs> Maybe that's when we'll redeem it. Maybe we'll have a Christmas miracle yeah. and we'll fix yeah. all of our problems. I Seth will appear to us like hope. Tom Hanks. <laughs> yes, the poltergeist. And as for all you ghouls and gals, this Halloween, as you go and demand your candy from questionable strangers, invoke these wicked words. Raise them from their graves. Density is now doored. Morse means to nurse. The words we know are forever changed, and you are their logomancers. Speak <gasps> them and give them life! And... <sighs> Remember, you can find Butter No Parsnips on social Whoa, media, wow. on Facebook and Instagram at Butter No Parsnips Podcast, and on TikTok at Butter No Parsnips. And if you like today's episode, consider giving us a five-star rating or review wherever you heard us, even if it was not in the mortal realm. <laughs> and if you really like today's episode, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Butter No Parsnips. Donating $5 or more earns you a shout-out either on social media or here on the podcast. And and with that, I've been the spooky Seth Glicksman. I've been the eerie Emily Moyers. <laughs> I've been the creepy oh. kind of parator. <laughs> and this has been Burnopersnips. <laughs> it's just like Carol Channing. <laughs> yeah, on her deathbed. In the middle of her death rattle. <laughs> With food in her mouth. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.